You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Buckeyes fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jake Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Monday, July 19th in the year 2021. And no matter if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast or if you're watching us on YouTube or WKYC.com, I want to thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes a part of your day. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at JSteven07. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter as well at Locked On Buckeye lineup for today in segment number two. We talk about one thing that Ryan Day has to do this year during his tenure as head coach at Ohio State that he has not had to do yet. Segment number three, Ross Jackson, host of Locked on Saints, will be with us once again to continue our Buckeye road trip around the NFL. But before we get to any of that, I want to remind you to make sure you check out the live NFL Draft show because NBA Draft GOAT Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA Draft host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Every person listening to this show right now or watching us as well, they have their favorite Buckeye. Some of you might like, or some of you maybe like me, where I fell in love with Buckeye football, partly because of Maurice Claret and the phenomenon that he was at Ohio State his freshman year in Columbus. Some of you may like uh, someone like an Eddie George or a Chris Carter or David Boston. Some of you might like other older players, but you might be an old school guy. I like Archie, only two-time Heisman Trophy winner. I like Archie. Some of you may like Zeke nowadays. You may have loved Braxton. You may have loved Justin Fields. Everybody has their favorite. And a lot of times, your favorite is an electrifying athlete, somebody that's very, very fast, somebody that when the ball is in their hand, they might take it to the house every single time, and you don't know what to expect. Ted Ginn Jr. is one of those individuals. He's electrifying. When the ball is in his hands, could he take it to the house and make a house call? It's very, very well, house call, defense, but could he take it to the house whenever the ball is on in his hands? Absolutely, he can, and he did it numerous times. Ted Ginn Jr. has decided to call it quits and retire from the National Football League after a long 14-year career. Let that sink in very quickly. Because the average lifespan of of a football player, I believe it's two and a half, two, three years. It's not very long at all. It's very hard, one, to get on a team. It's very hard to get a second contract. It's very hard to play 10 plus years in the National Football League, NBA, any professional sport. 10 plus years, that's a very, very, very long time. I don't care if you're a journeyman or if you're the best player on the team. Playing 10 years in that sport, my goodness, baby, it is Hard and Ted Ginn Jr. did just that in the NFL. Ted Ginn Jr. played for six different teams, played for one of those teams twice the Dolphins, the 49ers, the Panthers, the Cardinals, back to the Panthers, the Saints, 
and the Bears. He was the ninth pick in the 2007 NFL draft over his long 14-year career in the NFL. Here are his stats. 412 career receptions, 5,742 receiving yards, 33 touchdowns, 68 carries, 468 yards, two touchdowns. But here is where it's very electrifying. Remember the word electric, electrifying. Many of you saw Ted Ginn Jr. when he was there playing at Ohio State. What We're wondering what would have happened in the national championship if he did got did not get hurt at the beginning of that game, that's to be determined, or that was not to be determined. That's a hypothetical. We will just never know what would happen. But here's some more electrifying stats that he had when he was in the National Football League: 262 pump return pump returns, 2,624 pump return yards. Four trips to pay dirt via pump returns, 307 kick returns, 6,899 kick return yards, and three touchdowns. And he also made over $40 million, according to Spotrack, in the NFL during his pro career. Now, Spotrack, Spotrack.com, does a very good job of documenting and calculating and keeping track of the financials of numerous athletes. I also go there for transactions. When I say transactions, team transactions. I mean, they do a phenomenal job of keeping up with all that stuff. At Ohio State, Ted Ginn played three years. His stats, they were pretty good as well. 135 receptions, nineteen over 1,900 receiving yards, 15 touchdowns, 28 carries, 213 r- rushing yards, three touchdowns. He also had six punt return touchdowns and two kickoff return touchdowns. He still holds the record for Punt return touchdowns in a career with six and the most in a season, which is four. When I was a youngster, I saw Ted Ginn. I thought maybe he was going to be a Chris Gamble, play both ways. I thought that was going to be the connection between the two. However, there was a difference. Ted Ginn, faster than Chris Gamble. I believe I looked it up. Chris Gamble ran a 4-5-40, I believe. Chris Gamble, no, Ted Ginn clocked at 4 2 8 Yes, a 428. And doing some things, some research for this. One interesting story about Ted Ginn Jr. is not something that happened on the football field, but when Usain Bolt was a senior in high school, Ted Ginn Jr. beat him in the 100 meter dash. You say, Jay, could Ted Ginn Jr. have been an Olympic Olympian? I think so. Could he have won gold? It's speculation that he could have won gold. I don't know if he could have. That's a big task. He did run track his freshman year at Ohio State, and I believe he ran a 10.2 second 100 meter dash time. Think about that. If you play four, if you continue four years there as a sub 10 second, assuming he keeps progressing in the way that he does, 10 second 40. And hey, those are Olympic times. You do that, you're going. You're winning. You're you're going to get past the trials, and you will be a member of the Olympic team, track and field team during the 2008 Olympics. Ted Ginn Jr., a Buckeye individual, he's electric. He's electrifying. Always will be remembered. Be remembered for two things: one, his speed, and two, whenever that ball got in his hand, you had no idea what was going to happen next because it was likely for him to take that bad boy to the house. Let's step away very, very quickly. When we come back, we will start our week-long look at the quarterback competition at The Ohio State University and highlighting one thing that Ryan Day has to do this year that he has not had to do since he has been the head man at Ohio State. But first, check this out. Did you know? 
The Bill Bar has so many delicious flavors. There's literally something for everyone. When you talk to a Bill Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Bill Bar flavors, well, you're definitely missing out. Coconut and Cherry Barcia and Raspberry and Mint Brownie and Double Chocolate and Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, my favorite, and even German Chocolate. Not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Order today and get the Grasshopper Cookie or Raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com and use a friendly promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you will get 15% off your next order. Once again, go to Built.com and use the friendly promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at Built.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As we begin this week-long journey and trek to discuss and figure out who QB1 will be this year and why that person will be QB1 this year, we have to look at this in a different way than I anticipated. Because as a head coach, you have the opportunity to lead young men, not just lead them on the football field, but in practice, you have the opportunity to really be somebody that they look at and say, hey, that man pushed me. He put me in a competition knowing that I may be expecting to get one thing from me. And ultimately, he got something else because, well, I had no idea what was going to happen, and I had to step out of my own comfort zone. I had to find a way to do exactly the thing that I did not think I could do, which was dig in and fight and be the best I could be and really do something which calls for me surprising myself. Everybody, well, many Buckeye fans know there are three names that are up for the running for quarterback this season. Number one, these are not in any particular order, just the first that come to my head. Number one, Jack Miller the third. Number two, C.J. Stroud. Number three, Kyle McCourty. If you look at how they stack up height and weight-wise, they're basically all similar. McCord, 6'3", 210. C.J. Stroud, 6'3", 215, as well as Jack Miller the third, 6'3", 215 as well. They also have something that is different than than Justin Fields had, which is the speed that Fields possessed, the 4-4 speed Fields thought he could have ran a 4-3 at his pro day, but he ultimately ran a 4-4, and he was not satisfied with that because he said, I am faster than the time that I ran today. All three of these guys at the opening regional, which is a regional quarterback and skills competition, skills camp, uh, the top winners there get to go on to the Elite 11 quarterback camp 
which is a weekend, I believe, that just happened a few weeks ago um, since it, it was pushed back later due to the dead period and the Rona and all the things that have gone on in this country for a very long time. The 40-yard dash times of these three young men, they're nothing to say, ooh, so we're going to run the same offense as last year or we're going to go back to the Urban Meyer offense of what we used to have? No, no, no. It's, now this, the, all these times are for 2019 for McCord, Stroud, and Jack Miller. Kyle McCord ran a 5.07 40-yard time. C.J. Stroud ran a 4.85 40-yard time. McCord's was in May of 19. Stroud's was in – no, McCord's was in April of 19. Stroud's was in May of 19. And then in February of 19, Jack Miller ran a 5.05. So you're saying, Jay, are we going to go – what is this? Because we have seen Stroud uh, score a rushing touchdown. We have seen Miller score a rushing touchdown. So, Jay, what are you getting at? This offense, it is kind of how why I talked about what I did on Friday leading up to this. Ryan Day is looking for somebody. Yes, you're going to get faster at Ohio State. You expect, you're going to be expected to run some read option plays and some RPOs and really make the right decision with your arm and with your legs and with your brain because ultimately – it's what's up here. Those of you watching via the YouTube or WKYC.com, you see me. You, you see where my hand is. It's what's up in your dome, which is ultimately going to help you win the position. As a head coach, you see these things. You see the height. You see the weight. You see the stars next to their name. You see the accolades that they had in high school. You see all of these things that go into this. You're like, well, let me go the easy route. Who won the most state championships? No, no, no. Let's go a little bit easier. Let's go to the 247 composite ranking, and let's see who has the most stars. The composite ranking is a compilation uh, and a gathering of all the recruiting data from all the recruiting sites, and that's how they get the composite ranking, just kind of putting them in a formula and spitting out what that result is. Well, you got McCord, who was a five-star via the composite. You have Stroud, who was a four-star via the composite, as well as Miller, who was a four-star via the composite. So via the composite ranking, McCord is a guy. Now, you may go to some websites and say, well, this person is X, Y, and Z. I recently looked back and looked at 247 Sports in preparation for this to make sure I had the most accurate information. The composite ranking that's all of them. Well, CJ Stroud is a five-star if you just use 247. So maybe he's a guy. We're just going to eliminate Jack Miller. All three of these guys have a good shot. Well, are competing for one spot. And all three of these guys have earned the right to compete for said spot. And Ryan Day is tasked with one thing. Think about this in your life. Think about you when you are, say, mid-20s, and you just got out of college, and you're in the workforce for a little bit, and you start to figure things out. You think, man, I got this thing down. Yeah, buddy, I got this figured out. I know exactly what I am doing. I figure things out that all of a sudden you get two years in. Ryan Day, two years in as the head coach at Ohio State. I got two years in. I got this. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, your man you had leaned on to help lead you and guide you and kind of be your mentor or be somebody that you're working with the entire time, all of a sudden, he's gone. You look to your left, not there. You look to your right, not there. He is absolutely gone. And you got to figure things out very quickly. You have some advisors that, are, that have been there for a while that can help you, but it's on you. It's on your shoulders to figure this bad boy out. Out. Some of you may say J.S. Jack Miller, or why do you say Jack Miller? Some of you may say C.J. Stroud. Jay, why do you see Stroud? Some of you may say Kyle McCord. What 
is your explanation. And these are all of the things that Ryan Digg is asking right now of himself because for the first time, he has a quarterback competition while at Ohio State. When Justin Fields came in from Georgia, it was almost a foregone conclusion. Unless Justin Fields got hurt, he was a starter week one at Ohio State. We all saw what that season, the first year starting for Justin Fields was the 2019 football season where it seemed like all that dude did was kill and all they did was win. There are lofty expectations at Ohio State and Ryan Day knows what those expectations are. He knows he has three candidates right here, right now. McCord, to me, has the best pro-ready arm right now. Does that ultimately mean the best arm is going to be the one that is going to win the competition? We're going to wait and see. We'll talk about this all week long. I think Jack Miller, the age, knowing the offense a little bit, I think he does that mean he has the upper upper hand over McCord. We'll have to wait and see. CJ Stroud, not have the best arm of the three, but does do his intangibles help him be the best quarterback option and to be QB1? We will discuss that all week long. And one thing I want to say very quickly before we close this segment out. Do not, I repeat. Do not get caught up in the stars next to names. I understand there is a thought process. Many many people will look at a five-star or a four-star and say, ooh, they got those stars. That's the starter right away. You know what those are? Those are talking points. That's a great way to rank players. If you have a five-star or four-star, ooh, okay, that's amazing. But once these guys get on the field, those stars go away. Do you want to know how I view and how I think many coaches view the quarterback competition at Ohio State and what is going to happen via the stars that are there. McCord has stars. Stroud has stars. Miller has stars. So whose stars are more important than the others? You know what I think about stars? Got a notebook right here. I'm going to a piece of paper out. Got some stars on, on the bottom. Here's what I think. This paper is all the stars. Throw it away. The stars mean absolutely nothing in this QB competition. It means nothing. Nothing at all. Stars are great for talking points. Stars are great for recruiting recruiting databases. When it comes to on the fields, the stars, five-star, four-stars, once you get to college, they mean absolutely nothing. Let's step away very quickly one more time. When we come back, we will welcome in Ross Jackson, the host of Locked on Saints, as he will, we will continue our Buckeye road trip around the NFL. But first... Check this out. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and even contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device to sign up today and when you do, make sure you use that friendly promo code Locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and it's all one word. And receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. 
And joining us now here on Locked on Buckeyes, it is once again my guy, Ross Jackson, the host of Locked on Saints. Also, I believe he's the co-manager, co-editing manager, I believe, hope, probably butchered that, of the Canal Street Chronicle. Ross, this is what happens when you don't have things written down right in front of you. You butcher titles and introductions, but luckily it's just a back and forth laughing game with us, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. Don't even worry about it. You know me, man. We're always just kind of off the cuff out here. We're bringing it off the dome. Locked on Saints, Locked on Buckeyes, equally as good of freestylers as anybody else across the network that's all i'm gonna say that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> i appreciate that i appreciate that and all we're gonna leave that right there last <laughs> week we started this road trip around the nfl talking about michael thomas numerous buckeye fans they are still following him at the national football league and they're happy he is down there in the bayou somebody else who is now on the bayou this time only being there since March. I believe he got signed on March 29th of this year. It is tight end Nick Vanette. What were your thoughts when you heard about this addition to the Saints offense? Yeah, I thought this made a lot of sense for New Orleans. I mean, they lost Jared Cook and they also lost Josh Hill, who was a longtime staple for the New Orleans Saints. He ended up uh, signing with the Detroit Lions, got one look at Jared Goff and retired. No, I'm kidding. It had nothing to do with Jared Goff, but he did retire soon after signing with the Detroit Lions. And the New Orleans Saints are a heavy tight end usage team. So, I mean, you look at the way that they utilize tight ends. They often have a pair on the field uh, on under most circumstances, actually. They tend to lean into having those double tight end, those 12 personnel sets, things like that. And so, you know, you want those guys that can block, which Nick Vanette does really well, but that can also go out there and catch a few passes for you too. And Vanette, if you look back at his Seahawks days, as well as some parts of his collegiate days, you can see that he has shown flashes of being a pretty good pass catcher as well. But for the most part, they're looking for a solid blocker. And I think they've got one there in Nick Vanette. You know, Ross, I often do this and I go this route on purpose because there are numerous fans that went and I have done it myself. When you hear about an addition to a team, you go right to the stats and you might look at look at Vanette's stats. There might be Buckeye fans that have done this and said, oh, Nick Vanette, I see him in, in the show notes. Let me go look and see what his stats are for his career to see mm -hmm. how the Saints might utilize him. Well, to, for his career, he had one year, most catches in a, in a, in a season. 29 catches for one team that was the Seahawks in 2018 also had 269 receiving yards and three touchdowns the only time he had multiple touchdowns in a season was in 2018 right but I'm curious what you see when you look at Vanette and his film that maybe doesn't pop off on the stat sheet yeah, I think you look at him as a blocker first and foremost. The New Orleans Saints, again, really rely on that position. That's what Josh Hill did extremely well. That's how Josh Hill made the roster coming out of Iowa State as an undrafted free agent. Just a fantastic blocker and had a big enough body, too, to where every now and then if they wanted to utilize him over the seam, they could do that. And especially in the New Orleans Saints offense, to where sometimes running routes isn't just about the potential of catching passes. It's about opening up opportunities for other guys to catch those passes. If you have somebody that's coachable, you have somebody that is uh, you know, has that NFL experience and you have someone that's played in a similar system that utilizes tight ends the same way, which the Seattle Seahawks do, then it makes a lot of sense why the Saints would go out to grab him. Even though the stats don't pop off the stat sheet or anything like that, like you mentioned, you know, it's not about whether or not he's going to catch touchdowns for you or if he's going to be a 50 catch tight end or anything like that. Can he make a catch on third down if you need him to? If so, then he has the pass catching prowess that the New Orleans Saints need, especially if he's a fantastic blocker, which he absolutely is. How will he be utilized in the red zone? 
In the red zone, I think you would probably see him be one of those guys that comes in on the heavy packages, particularly if you see a you know Taysom Hill under center situation. Either whether that means Taysom Hill has won the starting quarterback job or Jameis Winston's won the starting quarterback job, but they're in the red zone and they like to use Taysom Hill in those situations. He'd be a really great person to put in motion from the backside and then get his momentum going in the direction of a QB power so he could help to lead the way. The Saints do that a lot with their fullbacks as well as with their tight ends. So I could definitely see him being utilized that way but he's also got six foot five plus frame as well that he could utilize to where if you can find an opportunity to get him in the back of the end zone get him on a little quick angle route from where he's running a bit of a texas route from where he's running you definitely be able to utilize that and also somebody that is smart enough has the veteran savvy to know hey this quarterback's in trouble they're moving out to the right i'm gonna get to the back of the end zone going their direction he could steal away a couple of touchdowns in the red zone that way too i have looked at some depth charts and i have seen some say that Vanette, tight end one, starting role for the Saints. Is that something that you're expecting to see? It's not. The the expectation for me is that it's going to be Adam Troutman there as tight end one, if for no other reason than the fact that tight end one for the New Orleans Saints is usually the prominent pass catcher. It's the Jared Cook, the Jimmy Graham, the Kobe Fleener, which kind of worked, but didn't really entirely with injuries and things like that. So I think Adam Troutman slots in as your tight end one. He's also been with the team for a year now, so he knows the system a little bit better and the Saints really cherish that. But don't forget, though, that the New Orleans Saints spent 16% over 190 snaps in 12 personnel last season. And so they really utilized those two tight end sets. And that's just 12 personnel, which is one running back and two tight ends. That doesn't even go into the times that you had two running backs and two tight ends and 22 personnel on the field as well. So it's the spot that they, it's the uh, position group or the personnel grouping that they use most frequently outside of 11 personnel, which everyone uses most frequently. So I, even though he wouldn't be the starter or tight end one, he should still hit the field. Ross, I ask a lot of people during the whole draft cycle when I was going around the NFL draft picks and asking people, do they think their rookie draft pick will be will have a second contract with the team that picked them with mm-hmm. Nick Vanette, not a, not a rookie, but a guy that just signed a three-year contract with the Saints. So I'm curious, do you think that Vanette will finish the contract that he just signed three years with the Saints? That's a really good question. Unfortunately, it's hard to project out that much before training camp. We'll sort of have to see how he fits into the system and how much the New Orleans Saints trust him. A lot of it's going to come down to trust. But I'll tell you what, if he ends up, if Jameis Winston ends up winning that quarterback role, I think maybe they go a different direction within three years, especially if Jameis Winston ends up being the quarterback for the foreseeable future. Because Jameis really leans in on tight ends. You saw that at Florida State, but you also saw that in Tampa where he had both Cameron Brait and OJ Howard. I wouldn't be surprised to see them go with somebody that's a little bit more of another prominent pass catcher, either in free agency or another rookie like they did with Adam Troutman. However, if Taysom Hill ends up becoming the starting quarterback, then maybe Nick Vanette fits well enough in the system to stick around for the foreseeable future. Ross, one more thing for you really quickly with Vanette. What are your expectations? Will we see a career high in receptions this year for the Saints? Kind of what expectations for Vanette offensively 
blocking and could you what you talked about so much as well as in the passing game for new orleans yeah i think i would see him as a primary blocker for new orleans uh you know there will be games that he'll start to where he'll be the first tight end to take a snap which doesn't necessarily mean that he'll be the one to walk away with the most snaps in a game but if it's a run heavy game plan i could see him getting the start and you know leading the way for guys like alvin Kamara, Taysom hill and of course latavius murray as well but i think that when it comes to catches i could see him maybe falling somewhere between 15 to 25 catches in 2021 and then getting just around 200 yards that would be great for what the saints usually look for from their tight end two and then they'll rely on adam troutman to be the tight end one to bring in maybe the 60 catch season things like that like you've seen with some of these other tight ends that the saints have utilized in the past ross once again let everyone know if you could where they can catch you on social media and then also where they can catch your show locked on saints absolutely you can follow me on twitter at ross jackson n-o-l-a ross jackson nola i'm tweeting all the time over there so come through and i'm always happy to interact with folks and say hi as well and of course you can catch locked on saints wherever you get your podcast as well as on youtube and don't forget to check out canalstreetchronicles.com as well to check out all of the write-ups over with sb nation two saints down two to go ross thank you so much for getting us through the offensive portion of the new orleans saints as the buckeyes that are there and how we can look and view them in the fall thanks so much ross i appreciate it hey without a doubt brother looking forward to talking defense next time